This is episode one of Integrative Consciousness. Today, we'll be interviewing Nathaniel DeBoer, the creative director at Psychedelic Water. Okay, so Nathaniel, what was the idea behind Psychedelic Water and what is its goal now? Right, yeah. Um, so I, have been, I haven't always been with the company. I joined a little over a year ago. Um, I sort of came on in a... Um, graphic design role. I was just kind of helping out with some content creation, a little bit of packaging design and that sort of thing. Uh, but then slowly have ingrained myself more and more into it, uh, into the kind of like full-time role that I'm in now, managing a lot of our creative and whatnot. Um, but I'll kind of try to give a bit of a, the, the story pre-me uh, and kind of up to now. Um, so our founder, Keith, uh, he had previous experience in the cannabis industry and Around 2019, he started to begin hearing the rumblings of, of sort of something new happening, uh, like very, very similar to when cannabis legalization started to um, happen, you know, those things started to be coming out. He was noticing those same sort of things happening with psychedelics. And at the same time, he was looking for a new project and decided that it might as well be, be this. Um, so over the next two years or so, the product slowly took shape, the team grew a little bit. Um, they spent a few months working with a food scientist out of NYU, and then finally, you know, February of 2021 came, and we launched. Um, so as for the goal of what we're trying to do, um, we've been trying to create a product that's really highly accessible, uh, makes people feel good, and emulates some of the effects of traditional psychedelics using um, ingredients that are legal today, right? Because obviously, like, traditional psychedelics still aren't legal. So, so the big challenge was how can we create something for this market, get in early and, and um, you know, kind of fill this niche before these substances actually become publicly available. And again, we sort of looked to, to cannabis uh, for a little bit of inspiration here. If, if you look at the trajectory of cannabis legalization, especially in the, in the United States, um, something that was really instrumental to uh, sort of, at least in as far as consumer mindsets are concerned, something that was instrumental to sort of like changing the general narrative around cannabis products was the emergence of CBD products. Basically this thing that's like, hey, we're not cannabis, but we're like cannabis. And we're going to really talk a lot about the positive effects of this thing and not necessarily emphasize the sort of um, recreational use as much, so much as the medicinal, medicinal aspects of it. Um, so we're trying to do a similar thing with psychedelics, except that obviously there, there is sort of some stuff that's different, right? With psychedelics, the problem is less sort of like, there's these negative associations, but the negative associations are a little different. Like there's a lot of fear around like people just being like worried about what tripping is like, not liking that idea of not being in control, not liking the idea of like hallucinating and all that sort of stuff. Um, and that's really what I think a lot of people in a lot of people's minds, psychedelics are like, that's the start and end of it. So we're trying to offer something that sort of is accessible to people broadly and, and sort of moves the conversation away from that. Um, so in that way, we're like, we're not really here for the existing psychedelic community in a lot of ways. So we, we love those people and a lot of them dig what we're doing anyway. Um, but they don't need to be convinced of the value of psychedelics, right? Um, they're already plugged into you know, all the sort of research that's coming out, they're really involved in that. We're trying to uh, reach an audience that is maybe like interested in psychedelics, wants to learn more or has fears around psychedelics. Um, and, 
and you know trying to change those fears basically and and we think that sort of providing a product that is branded as psychedelic and having that show up in a corner store between like a can of red bull and a can of coke or whatever uh is a really big sort of thing to sort of be like oh okay this isn't as scary and back alley and weird as i potentially thought it was um so yeah that, that's kind of like the idea you know um and then of course there is sort of like the other aspect of just being here for folks who want to sip on something that tastes good, makes them feel good, is better for you than alcohol and won't have you, you know, texting your ex or waking up with a hangover. So <laughs> it sounds like a great yeah. already if I'm not texting my ex. But, um, <laughs> so it, it sounds like it's it's really meant to open up the conversation and kind of widen people's eyes to the idea that psychedelics aren't those things that you should be afraid of, per se. Um, and and from that, you know, kind of make normalizing the idea of psychedelics, even though it's not necessarily uh, the hard psychedelics that we think of when we think of like shrooms or LSD, but instead yeah. something that's an alternative to alcohol and still gets you to, you know, feel good, relaxed, and, and I guess without as many negative uh, effects afterwards. Is that the case? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Like normalization, use the word normalization. And I think that's like a really big kind of key to what we're doing uh, is sort of, yeah, moving this thing away from being something that's that has this sort of like historical association to something that people reframe as being something that can be a regular part of your life doesn't really mean anything about you. And and I mean, also just opening people's eyes up to the multitude of, of mental health, physical health, uh, and other benefits that these substances uh could have were if you know they were you know uh, allowed in a, in a more broad sense so that's what we're really trying to do yeah yeah to to to, to normalize it. it 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 sounds like when yeah. you when you mention it in like a corner store where it's in between the red bull and and another can of soda like that really changes your mind about how you might perceive things i remember first seeing like red bull cans and thinking like oh now red bull is like a normal thing uh drinking all this caffeine is a normal thing <laughs> so i guess i guess yeah i think through that, it'll it'll have the same effect and kind of guide regular consumers who weren't already interested in psychedelics into thinking and considering their applications in things like mental health and physical health as well. So I guess the next question I have to ask then is like, what is it? What is in psychedelic water exactly? Yeah, for sure. I guess that is the big the big question of like, okay, so how does this thing actually work, and what is it? Uh, yes. Yeah, so there, there are three key ingredients in psychedelic water. Uh, those are kava, damiana, and green tea leaf. Um, so kava is the star of the show, really. Um, kava is a plant that's indigenous to the South Pacific. Uh, it's quite a common drink there, actually. And traditionally, what you do is you would take the root of the kava plant, grind it up into this super fine powder, put it into a cloth bag or pouch, and then like knead it in water for like 10 to 15 minutes. And then what you're left with is this sort of like murky brown liquid um it is very bitter and very earthy and a lot of people don't really like the taste um but it does make you feel really nice um generally when i drink kava i like to do it as a shot because yeah it, it's it's a bit intense um but yeah pretty quickly after you consume it you'll start to notice the effects the the first thing that people tend to feel is like a tingling sensation on the tongue which if you don't know that's going to happen can be kind of weird um but is totally like to be expected and not bad 
Um, so there's a sort of like subtle tingling feeling, and then you'll start to feel the other effects, um, which first off, people tend to feel really physically relaxed. Um, if you're someone who has like a lot of aches and pains or things like that, you'll really feel those things kind of subside into the background. And then secondly, people find it really improves their mood. Um, so people have described themselves as feeling giggly or bubbly or just like more content, like that sort of like state of being kind of like, you know, I feel good and not just in a physical way, but also mentally, I feel like happy, good, content. Um, and yeah, it gets, it gets you feeling good, puts a smile on your face, but it keeps your cognition intact, which I think is another like really key thing here is that unlike things like alcohol or cannabis, which don't, <laughs> uh, you, your mental cl clarity stays there, uh, which is just great. Um, so that's kava. The other two active ingredients um, are damiana and green tea leaf, and they act in a complementary and a balancing role. Um, so damiana is uh, an herb. Uh, it's historically used to combat anxiety as well as it also has a history as an aphrodisiac. Um, so again, it's something that gets you feeling good. Uh, so it really complements the, uh, the kava. And then we have the green tea, uh, which is a natural source of caffeine. Um, some people find that kava like makes them sleepy. Uh, and we don't want that. We, we don't want this to be like a nighttime drink. We want it to be something that people can drink during the day or, or in social environments. Um, so we have added that green tea leaf extract, which just gives a little bit of naturally derived caffeine that offsets those sort of like sleepiness effects that some people feel um, and kind of contributes to that overall feeling of liftedness that you get from psychedelic water. Okay. So it's, it's, it, those three ingredients then really fit into the goal of what you mentioned earlier of making it normalized to drink, uh, you know, psychedelic substances, uh, you know, they aren't the typical shrooms or LSD, but instead they have these tingly feelings and, and enlightenment of mood. So would you say that that kind of is in line with the goal of psychedelic water to, and especially with those ingredients really normalizes the use yeah, totally. I mean, something that we've we've gotten as a as a question in in the past is like, um, how do you consider this psychedelic? It doesn't contain any psychedelic drugs, and I think that you know, if you define a psychedelic purely as a substance that you know smashes your five H two TA receptors, then yeah, it it's not it's not a psychedelic. Um, but that's the definition of psychedelic drugs. That definition doesn't really work as well for you know psychedelic art or psychedelic music, which I think uh, those things are defined as psychedelic because they're inspired by psychedelic drugs. And under that definition, I think we fully are a psychedelic, right? Or we fully are psychedelic. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. As you said, like th there's that overarching goal of of sort of like uh, bringing this sort of uh, traditionally sort of feared or, or misunderstood um, category into the public, reintroducing it in a way that is uh, sort of accessible to a very broad audience um, and is understood as being a beneficial, safe, and enjoyable thing and not as a sort of like out there crazy uh, thing. So with that goal in mind, yeah, we've created this thing that has subtle effects, which um, I mean, I, I would say personally, um, the effect that I feel, uh, consuming like a can or two of psychedelic water is similar to the way that I feel after ingesting psilocybin, say like five minutes in, right? Um, so prior to seeing any of those visuals and whatnot, 
uh, when I'm just sort of like feeling nice, like it's just kind of like that initial wave of like good vibes is hitting me. That's very similar to the feeling that I feel um, drinking a couple of cans of psychedelic water. Now, drinking psychedelic water, that feeling is all you ever hit and it lasts for a lot longer. Whereas like feeling that feeling after consuming psilocybin is like, I'm going to feel this for a couple of minutes and then it's going to evolve into a whole other thing. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think we have done a good job of capturing sort of something that reflects uh, the experience of traditional psychedelics in a milder, uh, a more accessible way. Yeah. And, and it, and it also integrates the, you know, typical ingredients like tea, having a tea leaf, uh, and also as a act of balancing. So I'll get to that point later, but I think with the tea for people who are already kind of against the idea of coffee and the caffeine in coffee and looking at tea as an alternative, it also works as a way to normalize um, all the other ingredients that are also implemented in psychedelic water. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that um, in terms of that accessibility, like presentation was a huge aspect of it. Like, um, there are other, uh, like psychedelic adjacent products on the market, but a lot of them tend to focus or tend to be a lot more, um, they tend to be oriented a lot more medically. Like a lot of them are in either like consumable gummy or consumable pill form, which I think to most people, uh, doesn't come off as something that's like, uh, you know, a regular, like everyday sort of, well, maybe it does come up as a regular everyday thing, but more it comes up as sort of like a medical thing, like a, like a vitamin, effectively like a vitamin. Um, whereas our thing is presented a lot more as something that's like fun, can be used in a social environment. You know, one of our biggest sort of markets is people who uh, are sober, um, either, you know, because they just don't like alcohol for, for whatever given reason, right? Um, and they're looking for an alternative that they can consume in pack that doesn't have the same negative health effects as alcohol. Um, and, and yeah, that's why we've positioned our product as something that sort of can fill, fulfill that need rather than it being positioned as uh, something that's specifically for sort of like these very specific like health benefits or, or whatever. So yeah. Yeah. So it's a shift away from all those more medicinal looking products. So like you said, gummies and maybe like capsules. So there are a lot of those that I'm seeing as well. And so you mentioned how um, this product is more targeted for social events and people who are actually trying to refrain from consuming alcohol. Um, how else beyond just uh, social events do you see psychedelic water meshing into you know the modern workflow? So working from home now, uh, things have changed. So how do you think that uh, will be integrated into how we work. Yeah, so that that's actually like the the big second. Like I, I would say that like our our largest contingent of consumers, especially like repeat consumers who really like have bought into the brand heavily, uh, is amongst that sort of sober curious movement and and uh, people who have chosen not to consume alcohol and are looking for alternatives. But a strong secondary one is um, people who find that those sort of mood boosting effects without an alteration to cognition are excellent if you yeah work some sort of desk job basically you know uh whether you you're someone like me who does a lot of graphic design or things like that um or someone who's a code like a programmer or a coder or whatever something that like it just gives you that subtle lift puts you in that good headspace so you know the the sort of 
pressures of, of the job are, are taken off a little bit and you're able to kind of just enjoy the work you do. Um, so I, I think it meshes in quite nicely uh, with, with that sort of thing. And that's definitely like, a, you know, we, we get, we do get like um, tons of like fan photos sent to us via Instagram and a big portion of them are people who are, yeah, drinking them with their friends on, in like, a, like, you know, around the pool or, or by the fire or whatever. But then the, the secondary contingent we get, the ones that get sent at 10 a.m. instead of, you know, 7 p.m. or whatever, are people who are, are drinking it, looking at like, I've seen everything from like stock graphs to they're in the music studio to their, like a bunch of different things like that. Um, so, so yeah, it, it definitely matches in well, and, and there's certainly like a, um, a sort of place for that the same way that like, I mean, you mentioned Red Bull and, and the sort of sort of like the growth of, of, of energy drinks and whatnot. And I think those have become really associated with certain, um, certain specific, specific certain jobs. Uh, but broadly, I think a lot of people, you know, it's like, oh man, I'm on that grind. I got to. I got to work late tonight. I'm grabbing a Red Bull from the convenience store and then I'm back in the office or, or whatever. I mean, yeah, we're all working from home now. So the office being some corner of your house. But <laughs> um, but I mean, I certainly have done that for, for years. And I think that um, psychedelic water is offering a good alternative to that um, that doesn't have the crash, that doesn't give you the jitters because the amount of caffeine that's in it is very small. Uh, but still gives you a sort of a different kind of boost um, that that really helps with with kind of getting into that good headspace to do to do good work. Yeah. So it it really fits in into a into a niche of people who who aren't looking for that crazy rush and experience of alcohol and and high amounts of caffeine, and instead looking for something that just boosts your mood. You know, whether you're working or whether you're just out socializing after work, it it seems to fit in in both cases. Yeah. So um, my next question would be then, how do you expect or, or what's the expected time horizon for, for psychedelic water? So it's been on the market since 2019. So we, we started working on it in 2019. We launched in 2021. So we've been on the market for a little over a year, a year and close to a year and a half, I guess. So moving forward, are you hoping to see this like... Uh, in the same suit as Red Bulls, where you can find them at any convenience store? Or is it something you just want to have targeted in maybe grocery stores or higher end uh, food stores? I mean, I, I would love I would love to see it in, in every convenience store. That'd be amazing. I mean, that I think that is more than anything an indicator that we have achieved the goal of sort of uh, normalizing these uh, this uh, in, in sort of a, a broad cultural sense. Um, just to talk to where we are now. Uh, so when we launched, we were only available through our website. Um, shortly after launching, we unexpectedly went viral on TikTok. We didn't even have a TikTok account at the time that the people had picked up our product. And it sort of became one of these like, you know, TikTok when you buy it kind of things, uh, early, early summer of 2021. Um, so we ended up selling out what we had thought would be like at least three months worth of product in like two weeks, um, on, on TikTok. Um, and then, yeah, that, that was kind of the first sort of like sign of like, okay, there, there is a desire for this product. Right. Um, so at that time we were only available on our website. Since then we've expanded to being available through some other e-commerce platforms, uh, Amazon, obviously we're also available through walmart.com and then, uh, a bunch of other smaller ones. 
Uh, and then in the late fall winter timeframe of 2021, we expanded to retail. Um, so our initial launch was in LA. We launched in uh, a bunch of independent stores in LA. Uh, yeah, some health food stores, some gas stations. We were basically just testing out to see where things would work and where they wouldn't. Shortly thereafter, we launched in Erwan, which is an upscale grocery chain in, uh, in LA. But we really made LA our, our base for a little while. Um, the, the launch in Erwan was super successful. From there, we ended up launching in Foxtrot, which is kind of a premium convenience chain that's all over the US. Um, and then the big one came in February of this year, right around when, um, uh, when our, we were kind of celebrating our one year, which is we uh, launched in Urban Outfitters, which is sort of an unexpected partnership in that Urban Outfitters is a clothing and homewares retailer, not really something you'd associate with a consumable, um, but it's something that they're sort of exploring. And from a brand perspective, uh, it made total sense. Um, and that's been really successful uh, as well. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, we're on the trajectory to keep growing in retail. Um, we should be in 500 stores in the next couple months around the US. Um, there's a few, you know, there's a few states missing, but we're almost in at least one or two store in every single state. We're, uh, we're mostly based out of LA and New York still, um, but we've got a store in Hawaii, which I think is super cool. The Urban Outfitters location there carries us, and also Puerto Rico, the, the, the Urban Outfitters location there carries us. So we're pretty much from coast to coast, and then a few of these other sort of islands as well. So um, that's been that's fantastic to see. And and yeah, like what's the long term goal? Yeah, I would love to see it be everywhere. I would love to see it become something that's on the same level as a uh, as a Red Bull or something like that, where it's sort of ubiquitous, everyone knows what it is. Um, and the other big part of that, obviously, is uh, expanding outside of the borders of the US. That's something that we haven't done yet. And we'd love to do. Um, we're figuring out what it looks like. We're figuring out what the timeline is. Obviously, like I'm based out of Canada. Some of our team is based out of Canada. So that's a big one, <laughs> is getting it up here. Um, we sort of, as a result of all of our friends and family and whatnot, uh, have a built-in audience here already who's, you know, every time I see some of my friends, it's like, when's it coming? When's it coming? So um, that's something we'd love to see happen. And then on social media, again, we get people reaching out from Brazil, the UK, Australia, all the time. Of like, when, can I get this here? Can I get it shipped? It's on Amazon, but I can't get it shipped to me, like that sort of thing. So we'd love to bring it uh, internationally as soon as possible. Um, so and I don't know what that all looks like. Um, I don't. I don't have an extreme level of insight into that, but um, it's. Uh, I know it's something we're working on. So it sounds <laughs> like it's getting, it sounds like it's moving from coast to coast already down in the states, yeah. and then slowly and surely yeah. uh, internationally because there's a lot of online um, demand from uh, places like Brazil. Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised, but TikTok, TikTok is crazy for making things explode overnight. So it blew. Yes, your, absolutely. Yeah, it blew your three-month supply in two weeks. Is yep. that, yeah, yeah, That's huge. Yeah. So that was that was great to see right off the bat. You know, fledgling company right out the gate to 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 have that kind of happen to us. It was really sort of a a stake in the ground of like, okay, this we're doing something here, something that there is this demand for this sort of like people that clearly see the value of it and clearly want it. So. Mm. Uh, that, that was great yeah man that's massive so three months supply in two weeks that's really quick and especially like just starting out and seeing that sale go off 
it must have been a, a huge motivational push to continue continue mm -hmm. growing. Um, but you did mention a couple of things related to cannabis and how this product is kind of a parallel to CBD oils in, in regards to the legalization of marijuana. And you mentioned its effects as well. Um, so how do these ingredients affect you in a way that say CBD doesn't? So you mentioned the tingling, but you also mentioned that it's similar in terms of body aches and pains. What, is, what are a couple other ways that it affects you? So uh, root extract and Damiana. Yeah, yeah. Um, so as I kind of went over when I was going through the ingredients there, there's sort of like this twofold thing that you'll, you'll experience drinking psychedelic water. One is a sort of relaxation of the body, which, yeah, if you're a person who has aches and pains, could, could take the form of, um, you know, those things kind of retreating into the background and whatnot. Um, if you're, if you, that's not something you struggle with, props, but also like, um, you'll, you'll still feel that re relaxation, right? That's sort of like, mental and physical sort of sense of like, I, like what's, what's a good way to kind of, a good thing to kind of compare it to. Um, okay. Say you got like an extremely good sleep. You woke up, it's a weekend and you're, you're somewhere you really would like to be like, I don't know, say you're up at like a cottage by a lake or something like that. You, you get out of bed, you feel good. You get it onto the dock and you're just chilling, you know, like that, that is sort of like the place that it, it puts you in. And, um, uh, and that, that is a result of that, like twofold, um, sort of experience of both the relaxation of the body and the elevation of the mind. Right. So it's this combination of, um, sort of taking away any sort of negative feelings in the body, but also putting you in a mental, mental state that is, is inherently sort of positive, uh, and, and hopeful and good, you know, so, um, that, that's kind of the effect. And then, yeah, obviously there's that, the physical sensation of the tongue, tingling of the tongue, but that's basically just a byproduct of kava. That's not like, uh, I wouldn't call that like a selling point really. Um, it's more of those other things, uh, of that, of that sort of like, just putting you in a place where you feel good, like in, in the most broad <laughs> sense of the word. So the biggest difference it sounds like is that it has a mental benefit contrary to that of CBD, where CBD is just that kind of physical sensation. Maybe the pain just goes away. But yeah. if that pain is a mental pain, it doesn't really alleviate that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think that like, uh, yeah, C CBD has very like, um, like tactical use. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I want to target this specific issue. And there's different kinds of CBD products that are designed to target different sort of, yeah, aches and pains or things like that. Um, whereas ours offers this mental stimulation without inebriation, oh, that's a little rhyme, but, um, that, that I think is, is unique to kava because other forms of mental stimulation, whether that be alcohol or cannabis come with these other side effects that you don't necessarily want to, to, uh, experience. Um, and our product does not have that same sort of effect on your cognition. Your mental clarity remains intact. Um, and I think that's sort of what differentiates us from cannabis products and from CBD products is you get that one, two punch of the physical and the mental, um, but without the sort of like any sort of haziness or inebriation. It sounds like it's, it, 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 it alleviates the drowsiness, the hangover of all of, of things like, uh, cannabis, THC, and then alcohol. So it really sounds like something that you know, you can just drink whenever you want to have one of these drinks and not experience, yeah. you know, a fallback afterwards or having to recuperate the day after. 
just because yeah. you decided to have one too many. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a super good, like, like a super, yeah, important point of it too, is like the, the no hangover, the no crash kind of aspect of it. Um, yeah, you're, you're not going to wake up with a hangover. You're not going to like have a come down or anything like that. It just, you know, you feel the way you do for a few hours that that feeling fades off gradually and then you're back to sort of your normal state. Yeah. Um, so going back into the history books, you know, pre pandemic, when we actually lived regular lives and we saw people, how do you think <laughs> the pandemic has now influenced our kind of idea of psychedelics as a whole? Uh, so when we refer to psychedelics as a whole, we can talk about the psychedelic art that you were referring to earlier, uh, or the psychedelic music. How do you think the pandemic has has shifted that or changed uh, how we see those things? Yeah, I mean, I, insofar as like public perception of psychedelics, like as as a category of substances, I don't know if it's the pandemic per se that has shifted the perception of of those substances more so. Or, I think, I think more what has caused that shift is the fact that a lot of stuff has happened in the last two years, sort of, um, yeah, in, in alignment with, with all this, this whole COVID situation. Um, and, and maybe, you know, as a result of COVID, more eyeballs have been on that. Um, and so maybe there's been some benefit there. But a lot of these sort of early steps um, to change laws around this. And a lot of the most recent and impactful research around psychedelics has come out in the last two years, sort of not because of the pandemic, but just in congruence with, with the pandemic. Um, so I think that, you know, if the pandemic hadn't happened, I think that this shift that we're experiencing would still uh, be happening to a degree. Although, yeah, maybe, maybe to a lesser degree, because by, by virtue of being trapped inside, I think a lot of people uh, spent a lot more time online looking around at different news and things like that um, and I'm sure there's a uh, like a portion of people who had no real interest in psychedelics prior to the pandemic who as a result of being trapped inside reading things online ended up kind of going down the rabbit hole of all the information that's there um, and have, have since become people who are following along with with this movement um, but I think yeah I think the main sort of thing is is just that like this, things are starting to happen um, and uh, like COVID notwithstanding, I think that's been really what's contributed to the sort of sea change and shift in a lot of people's perceptions of, of these substances. And how about in regards to, you know, psychedelic artwork and, and psychedelic music in that? Um, how do you think those have been affected by the pandemic? Do you think those have been affected by the pandemic at all? Or? I don't know if they've been affected by the pandemic or not. Um, as a person who like does a lot of creative work and that sort of thing it's always something that i'm interested in and i think on the topic of psychedelic art what i think is really noticeable and i and i have noticed this change sort of occur over the pandemic but i'm not really sure if it's as a direct result or not is i've seen like a significant sort of evolution in what um what psychedelic art looks like um like i think there's sort of a specific mental image that comes to mind when you think of psychedelic art um, whether it be like kaleidoscopic, brightly colored uh, visuals um, or, or things like that. But I think that, that there's sort of this, um, with this reinvigorated interest in psychedelics, uh, there's, a, there's this new crop of artists who are, are creating uh, psychedelic art that feels different and, and feels, feels, um, feels modern. 
which has been really, really cool to see. And, and that's something that I draw a lot of like inspiration from with the work that I do for Psychedelic Water is what these sort of like modern psychedelic artists uh, are, are doing. Um, there's some that, you know, their designs I think are based around uh, sort of historic um, like hippie culture, art and things like that. But then there's this other, other way of which has really tied sort of psychedelic culture uh, to broader like mental health and wellness culture and created this sort of like subsect of art that is very focused on um, sort of like intentionality and meditation and these sort of concepts um, and expressing like sort of uh, affirming those concepts through art, um, but does still have this very psychedelic bend to it. And that's been really cool to see, to see that sort of art form not get stuck in the weeds, uh, but to continually modernize and evolve. Um, yeah, so that, that's been cool, at least from a visual art perspective. I can't speak to psychedelic music as much. Personally, I'm a big like punk and metal guy. So um, uh, I don't pay as much attention to, to, to that stuff. Um, I like it, but it's, it's not something that I'm, like, I'm, su I'm super following along with. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I do recognize the the kind of rebranding and uh, like resurgence of hippie design, kind of bringing back the eighties and 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 bright colors and psychedelic themed uh, artwork. But I I wasn't aware that there was a modern twist where there was the kind of combination of uh, traditional psychedelic art and meditation <laughs> and mindfulness. Uh, do you have any like uh, artists off the top of your head that you can think yeah. of? Yeah, if people want to check some of them out, um, there's, a, there's a guy who's, I'm just going to go off people's Instagram handles. There's a guy who's a kid with visions on Instagram. Uh, his stuff's pretty cool. Uh, there's a guy named Clarence, who was spelled with a K, K-L-A-R-E-N-S. His stuff's really cool. There's an account called Still Life at still.life. Um, who else? Oh, Beaming Design um that there's those are just a few off the top of, top of my head um and and yeah like whether it's like psychedelic focused or or not kind of kind of like or, or more mental health and wellness focused kind of retreats but just from my eye at least a lot of the motifs that are present in like 70s psychedelic art are being repurposed in like a modernized context in in what these people are are doing um edreka that's another one e-d-r-e-i-k-a um so yeah, if you want to check that stuff out. As for the more like 70s oriented ones, um, there's been like a modern spin on traditional psychedelic art. Uh, Kiriasin design, which is, uh, I don't even know if I'm gonna spell that one right off the top of my head. Oh well, Sunkeep is another one. There's a few out there as well that are doing that kind of thing as well. So I'll definitely check that out because I wasn't aware of, of that kind of modern psychedelic art um, mm -hmm. prior to this. Uh, but that's cool, I didn't, I didn't realize that. And I guess, yeah, it makes sense to uh, to explain that maybe the pandemic wasn't really an influence. These things were kind of naturally popping up on their own. Uh, mm -hmm. It was just maybe that the pandemic um, expedited those things into people yeah. onto people's devices and onto their screens. And maybe yeah. that's how it blew up. Um, yeah. No, uh, I definitely think that the pandemic uh, could be could be considered like an expediter and an amplifier of a lot of that stuff for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so you mentioned that psychedelic water isn't available here in Canada. Are, where's our main kind of page to find psychedelic water? And how can we get our hands on it if we're not already in the States? 
Well, <laughs> if you're not in the States, it's going to be a pain in the butt. I think there's like one Amazon reseller out there right now that's basically like buying our product from us and then like has some sort of import thing set up. But like they're charging like a bunch of money on top of what our sort of retail price is. So probably not worth it, to be honest, unless you want to pay like $90 or something. I forget what it was. It was ridiculous. Um, but uh, if you're in the States, check us out, you know, hit up the, hit up the store locator, uh, find out if there's a store near you. Um, if you've got friends in the States, get them to order it for you. And then when you visit them, go pick it up uh, or get them to like send it to you. Um, you know, you got those options that way. But if you want to follow along, and uh you know uh see where we're be, be one of the first people to know when we come to canada because 100 percent when we launch in canada we're gonna like be blasting that out there um follow us online uh we're at psychedelic underscore water on instagram we're at psychedelic water no underscore on tiktok um we also have twitter and facebook uh, we're much less active there um and uh you can also go to our website to sign up for our email list uh, to kind of like know what's going on uh, on there as well. Um, and that's psychedelicwater.com. So search psychedelic water and we'll come up. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of where we all are. And yeah, for the Canadian people, I would say, yeah, just hit us up on hit us up on social, follow along. And, and you know, as soon as as soon as we're available in Canada, you'll know. So. All right. Thank you so much, Nate. Thank you for answering those questions and, and offering a little bit of your insight uh, into in, into psychedelic water. So thank you. No worries, no worries.